Hi, this is Laura Parker. I uh, played the witch, Angelique, on Dark Shadows, the soap opera, and I will be the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. So tune in. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to our second episode of Season 10 of On Screen and Beyond. This is Episode 426 of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we take you into the world of Dark Shadows. Going back in time, Angelique is going to be joining us. Laura Parker is going to be right here, and she's going to be talking about dark shadows, and all sorts of other stuff. So stick around for that. She's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. We have got quite a show this week coming at you. we got a lot of great movies that are coming out, remakes and sequels, and a lot of incredible TV DVDs that are coming out. And uh, they're just they're getting better and better all the time, it seems like. And uh, I've had a chance to uh, look over a couple of them, and we're going to tell you about that. We've got a whole lot more coming your way, but we've got to get everything rolling here. Let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, it looks like the remake of Murder on the Orient Express has hit a snag as Angelina Jolie is no longer attached to the cast and a quick replacement is in need if they're going to hit their perspective November 22nd, 2017 release date. We'll find out what happens with that. And the 1988 movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Remember that with Steve Martin and Michael Caine? Well, it's headed for a remake. This time it will be about two female con artists. Doesn't that sound familiar? And the horror film from... 1988 Pumpkinhead is going to get the remake treatment also. That's it. I was just looking to see if it was, uh, you know, going to be a woman this time. It just seems that's the, that's the newest thing, but it's not as far as I know anyways. And that's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies. Coming new movies. Harrison Ford and Anthony Hopkins will be in... The movie Official Secrets, and it's based on a true story of a British whistleblower who leaked illegal NSA spy operations back in 2003. And listen to this lineup. Raquel Welch, Rob Lowe, Selma Hayek, and Kristen Bell will star in How to Be a Latin Lover, and it's a comedy coming our way on April of 2017. And Tom Hanks is producing Felt. It's the story of Mark Felt, who, under the name of Deep Throat, helped uncover the Watergate scandal. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way as far as sequels as we take you down to Sequel City? And there's so much more coming. Stick around right here on On Screen and Beyond. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sequel City, well, the final film in the, the Divergence series called Ascendant was slated to hit theaters on June 9th, 2017. But it has now been announced that it will not be in theaters, but rather as a TV movie. And Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them may be four months away, but Fantastic Beasts 2 has already been announced. And The Secret Life of Pets 2 has been given the green light. That's it for Sequel City coming up next on Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? You don't want to miss it. It's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD coming your way. Uh, I've got these right in front of me standing here, and I've had a chance to look at them. They're really a great bunch of uh, TV uh, DVDs that are coming your way. September 20th, you can catch Thanks for the Memories, the Bob Hope specials. Now, of course, Bob Hope specials were always something you look back on because you want to see them. They and, and this is an incredible set that they've got coming out. It's going to arrive in a six-disc set. It's an excellent DVD. And it's got an incredible amount of guest stars. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Uh, The specials range from the 1950s to the 1990s. Now, how many other performers have done that? It's just incredible. This is a great series. Be sure to get that one. And September 27th, it continues with Time Life releasing Motown 25 yesterday, today, forever. And that's the TV special from 1983 where Michael Jackson does the moonwalk for the first time. And the, the, the cover of this thing is just great. I mean, and it's got all, all kinds of stuff in there, uh, you know, books and everything else. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool set. And October 4th, the king of the late night TV, Johnny Carson, returns. And this time it's in a DVD set called The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, The Vault Series. Now, this is going to be coming out in a single disc set a 3-disc set, a 6-disc set, and a 12-disc set. Now, the single, of course, has two episodes, and uh, the 3-disc has more and then so on. But you don't want to miss it because it's Johnny Carson. So what, what more can we say? It's, uh, it's just a great set, and it's a, it's a piece of TV history that you don't want to miss. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, In Lawfully Yours, is out on DVD, and it's a romantic comedy about uh, second chances. And it stars Philip Boyd and Chelsea Crisp and Mary Lou Henner. And let's see, Bad Moms with Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell. She seems to be coming up a lot in this episode of On Screen. To be honest, her name's popping up all over the place. Uh, it's going to be hitting stores on November 1st on DVD and Blu-ray. And if uh, you want a digital HD of it, it comes out on October 18th. And let's see, Disney Pixar's Finding Dory goes digital HD on October 25th. And Blu-ray and DVD. 
That comes our way on November 15th. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as entertainment, TV, and otherwise, right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> TV and entertainment time. Brandon Frazier will join the cast of Showtime's The Affair on Season 3, which debuts on November 20th at 10 p.m. And that's on Showtime, of course. And let's see. L.A. Law is getting revived on TV. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those early stage things. So uh, we'll find out more as things go along and if it actually even gets picked up. But uh, it looks like they're trying to uh, revive it. Uh, L.A. Law. And we have some sad news here. Uh, this past week, we did lose Wyatt Earp from TV, Hugh O'Brien. He, uh, of course, was uh, Wyatt Earp for all those years. I had the honor to meet him, and I also did an interview with him. And you can hear you talk about his life if you go to episode 42, way back to episode 42 of On Screen and Beyond. And you can hear about uh, that great actor, Hugh O'Brien, who... Uh, you know, right from his mouth as he talks about his life, his career, and everything else. So uh, check that out. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen to Be On, it's Celebrity Birthdays. <laughs> we baked you a birthday cake. If you get it to me, eh? And you moan and groan and woe. Don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity birthdays. It looks like September 12th, Jennifer Hudson turns 36. And on September 13th, Tyler Perry turns 47. September 14th, Andrew Lincoln from Walking Dead turns 43. And September 15th, Tommy Lee Jones turns 70. And on September 16th, it's Amy Poehler turning 45. And on September 18th, Frankie Avalon turns 77. It's time for him to get out on the beach once again, do a beach movie. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, we didn't have any coming in, but uh, as far, well, we had some come in, but they weren't for this week anyways. But if you, a friend or a relative, would like to have uh, their birthday, your birthday, celebrated with all the listeners here at On Screen and Beyond, send me the information at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we will turn around and wish you a very happy birthday. You can send it ahead of time. doesn't matter. I'll you know, keep track of them and make sure that we hang on to it if it's uh, in a month or two or whatever. But uh, we would love to uh, wish you a happy birthday. And uh, that's it. That's it for celebrity and listener birthdays. But coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, going back to the craze of Dark Shadows. That was one of those shows that everybody loved watching. And Angelique was one of the bigger stars on the show. And she was played by Laura Parker. Laura is here, right here on On Screen and Beyond. She's coming up next. Stick around. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is an actress and author who appeared on many TV shows in the 70s and 80s, but we all remember her as the mysterious and beautiful Angelique on the classic 60s and 70s TV show Dark Shadows. It's Laura Parker. Laura, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. I'm glad to be here. Now, Laura, Dark Shadows, it, it, it turned into such a classic 
that everybody watched and and were eager to see every day. <laughs> did, yeah. did you realize five days a week? <laughs> yeah. Did you realize that it would be such a a, a huge hit? Oh, of course not. No. It, in fact, it was it was my first professional job. Oh, it was. I got the job two or three weeks after I I arrived in New York City as a um, novel actress and. Uh, and uh, you know, it was um, it was very scary, very hard to do, um, and we just struggled to get through the day. And then once it went on the air, we thought, well, nobody will ever see that again. <laughs> so <laughs> we had no idea that it would have the lasting fame and the, and have the fans that it has and the following that it's, I mean, it's been 50 years and we still have, we just had a convention in uh, G, at the end of June in New York and there were over a thousand people there, so. Wow. Yeah. Now, it's, did, it's kind of amazing. I know. No, we had no idea. We had no idea at all. Yeah. Now, did you, uh, you say it was the first job that you had, uh, professional. Um, now, well, I'd been, I'd done a lot of summer stock, and I'd done mm-hmm. college theater and graduate school theater, but in my hometown, Memphis, Tennessee, I worked in the Front Street Theater there, which was the you know, the, the, the theater there that, uh, but I had, I I had never worked professionally mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So. Now, were you with the show from the very beginning, or did you come no. in a little bit later? No, they, when the show first went on the air, they had no vampire, and it was actually losing ratings, and Dan Curtis, who was the producer, decided to inject a little supernatural horror into what was basically gothic romance. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the show was unusual anyway. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a couple of housewives sitting around the kitchen table and talking <laughs> about, you know, Jane down the street who's getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. It was completely new subject matter, but the introduction of the vampire really brought the show into... The, in, well, it got the attention of kids that ran home from school as mm-hmm. well as housewives, as well as people who just were intrigued by um, some excellent writing and wonderful sets and costumes and very mysterious. I mean, now it seems like every other show is a vampire show or, or, you know, a horror show. But back then that was very unusual. And they decided to, after the vampire, after Jonathan Frid, who played the vampire Barnabas, Barnabas Frid, after he'd been on the air for a few months and attracted a, a large following, they decided to, what we used to call, go back in time. Mm-hmm. So they decided to go back to um, 1795 and tell the story of how he became a vampire. Mm-hmm. And that's when they introduced my character. Yeah. Because I was the witch. I was the one that in the end cursed him, mm-hmm. cast a spell on him, and turned him into a vampire. Yeah. Now, did <laughs> nowadays, when they do a show like that, you can obviously, you can film the section that you're going to be doing for, you know, from back in the 1800s or whatever, then you can do the what part that's uh, the newer part, and you can just switch back and forth. But back then, 
was it confusing because I mean you were live. <laughs> we weren't absolutely live, but we might as well have been live. Oh, really? We put the tape. They put the commercials right onto the tape, and they didn't stop, and they didn't edit. Mm-hmm. They didn't cut. So if you made a mistake or if you ran into a tombstone, which was made out of styrofoam and it fell over, or the door slammed and the picture fell off the wall, or a fly landed on your nose, <laughs> it, it went on the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And it felt very much like live theater. I mean, that's with the experience in playing it was that you, you knew you couldn't stop. So yeah. if you forgot your line or you went to the wrong place, it you knew it was going to go on the air. So we did a little improvising and a little covering for each other and uh, a little glancing over at the teleprompter. <laughs> but um, it, it had that, that kind of energy that a live show has. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so your theater work must have helped you with that. It actually did a lot, yeah. I mean, I, I, was, glad I'm, I was glad I'd had that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you consider one or or a couple of the funniest things that happened to you, you know, being live TV. <laughs> Is there any certain ones that stand out for you? Oh, sure. I mean, I always tell the story of the time I had to cast a spell using a, a house of cards, which, I first of all, I had to build without it falling over, which was <laughs> touchy. Mm-hmm. And then the spell was I was lighting a fire in Vicky's room, the fire was supposed to come up out of the floor and scare the bejesus out of her <laughs> and chase her out. And uh, they did this by doing uh, superimposed two cameras, cameras, one on top of the other. Mm-hmm. So they had one camera shooting the fire and the other camera shooting the floor of her room. And when they superimposed them, we called it chroma key. Mm-hmm. It looked like the fire was in her room. Yeah. So the fire was on my table, and I was supposed to essentially light a house of cards and say an incantation that would cause the fires of hell to burn in Vicky's room. So I built a house of cards, and we went to the commercial, and um, I had a page-long incantation that was that went, uh, I call on the fires of darkness, I call on the fires of hell to burn in the, on the floor of her room, you know, mm-hmm. come to me, work my wonders, you know, this long incantation. So while we were at the commercial, the prod man came over and squirted a bunch of lighter fluid on the, the house of cards, which is where there were paper cards. Mm-hmm. Then we had another commercial, and he kind of thought about it again, and he came over and he squirted more lighter fluid on the house of cards. (laughs) So we came back from the commercial to the scene, and I'm I'm sitting there in front of the house of cards with the match in my hand, and I say, I call on the powers of darkness, and I lit it, and it went boom, (laughs) and it blew up in my face and took off my eyelashes and front of my hair. And I had this long incantation to do. Of course, it burned up immediately. There was no fire. Mm-hmm. There were no flames. There was nothing to superimpose on the floor of Vicky's oh. room. And all I could do was pick the ashes up in my hands and say, and the end of the incantation was, burn, burn, burn. And, of course, there was nothing to burn. Oh, that kind of thing happened a lot. I mean, we, we often had... 
we call each other by the wrong name or, um, uh, you know, something would go wrong with one of the props or you'd open the drawer to get the knife and the knife wouldn't be there. Lots of times we had to improvise, but it was... Um, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, when you mentioned that, you know, burning your eyebrows and things like that, and it's 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 like, boy, that that takes, you know, the show must go on to the <laughs> to the <Right>. ultimate step. <laughs> I was much more worried about the fact that there was nothing burning, and I had to say, burn, burn, burn. <laughs> um, another time, I we had um, breakaway bottles. If you'd hit somebody over the head mm-hmm. with it, it would burst. It would shatter. It was made out of sugar glass. Uh-huh. And I hit someone over the head with a bottle, and it didn't shatter. And he actually fell over, oh, knocked him out. Um, <laughs> hey, what do you do on live TV when the person is knocked out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, when I part of the time that I was on the show, I was a vampire. I was turned into a vampire. Mm-hmm, and I did right. the Carson show. Remember Johnny Carson? Yeah. The Tonight Show? And... uh I brought my teeth. We had special teeth that were made by a dentist that fit right over our eye teeth like a bridge. So they looked perfectly real and normal. And all you had to do was turn away from the camera and you had the teeth in your hand. Put them in to your mouth and come back and you were a vampire. Mm -hmm. So I did the Johnny Carson show and... uh, he said, what's it like when, you know, what does a vampire do? And I said, well, I'll show you. And I, I... Motion for him to stand up, and he stood up, and I turned him so that his back was to the camera, and I hid my face, put the teeth in, and then came around behind him and leaned over and bit him in the neck. And he spun around three times and collapsed on the floor. I mean, he was astonished, <laughs> but it worked really well. I mean, it was... Uh, now, you you must have known... moments. Yeah, when you... You make it on the Johnny Carson show back then. I mean, you knew that this was a huge hit. I mean, you know. Oh, we had piles and piles of fan mail in the rehearsal room. And any time I went out, um, I would be recognized. I'd be recognized in in restaurants. I I had, you know, my two kids went to uh, PS41 down in the village and... uh, they didn't want me to pick them up because they were embarrassed because <laughs> their friends would see them and scream and run to the other end of the subway platform. Wow. So they made me wait two blocks away. But if I went to the baseball game or the skating rink or just anywhere, I would immediately be recognized. Mm-hmm. And it was it was something. I mean, it was... The show became very, very popular. Mm-hmm. I also got hate mail because... Really? I was heavy, you know. I was the one who was making Barnabas's life miserable, and he was the one they all loved. So mm-hmm. I had death threats, and I mean, it's very silly, but wow. it, you know, it, yeah, it, it actually happened. And we had crowds of people standing outside of the the studio when we finished the show and came out. And uh, then we started when the show went off the air. We started having these conventions, and we had one. Every single year, all these years. Wow. And we still draw, we still have um, crowds. We have people that come, well, they come really from all over the country. Some even come from Europe. So, because it played in Spain and uh, um, Japan and England, of course, and 
Now, did you ever do any uh, uh, conventions or anything in other countries? No. No? <laughs> but my books have been translated into French and Hungarian and Spanish. Hmm. And uh, so I often wonder what it must be like to walk into a bookstore and in Hungary and see <laughs> what the books I've written, but um, no. Yeah. Now were you getting but to? We your... did go to England. To, we four of us went to four of us went to England to do the Johnny Depp movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we did a a very brief cameo that where we just kind of came on stage and then we were gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was that was fun. It was yeah. fun meeting Tim Burton and all the you know the yeah. act actors and actresses that were in the movie. Yeah, I wish they had given you a bigger part myself. Oh, so do I. <laughs> so do I. You know, I mean... I was actually in tears. I thought, I expected it to be much much more exciting than it was. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was still a thrill to, to go and to be in the film. The fans, for the most part, were not happy with the movie because right, the yeah. tone of it was completely different. Um, mm-hmm. It was much more of a tongue-in-cheek comedy. Right. Whereas our show was was serious, we 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 played the scenes as actors say for real, right? And you know, no winking at the audience, no tongue in cheek, just mm-hmm. um, desperately committed moments. And I, I think that's what what made it a hit. Oh, I do too. I do too, because the situations were so absurd, mm-hmm. and we played them with conviction. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's what gave it if it if it had a campy tone that's what contributed to it but it wasn't intentionally um making fun of itself right yeah you weren't going for laughs you were no just... i mean we our barnabas would never have hung upside down from the chandelier the way johnny depp did right right yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had he was he had he was much more sophisticated than that oh yeah yeah definitely yeah so um, now was acting what you wanted to do before that, or, or were you heading in a different direction, you know, modeling or something like that? Well, I always wanted to be an actress from the time I was about eight or nine years old. Really? Yeah. Well, I often, it, I mean, it's a joke. I often say that I, re- I was taking ballet dances and I ballet lessons, and I realized I wasn't a very good dancer. So I took piano lessons, and I couldn't seem to ever get around to practicing, and I... <laughs> took singing lessons, and I couldn't carry a tune. So I said, well, I think I'll be an actress because you don't have to be able to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) That really was the thought I had when I was about nine or ten years old. Mm -hmm. But I was in, I mean, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and I had, um, they had radio dramas, and uh, they had, I was in theater plays, and I was in plays in high school, and, I just um, when I went away, I went away to college. I went to Vassar, and I was in plays, and I took you know drama. And I always had it in my mind that that, that was what I wanted to do. I, the thing is, I never thought I was very good. So it was a long time before I got up the confidence to actually try my luck in New York. Mm-hmm. It must have taken a lot of guts to do that, you know. Well, you know, you reach this now or never point. True. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, and so I decided I had just finished um, a, ho- a summer of summer stock in Connecticut, and I had played five leads in five weeks. 
And I was feeling pretty confident, so. Mm. And someone had seen one of my plays and invited, an agent invited me to come to New York and and meet with him and uh, get some pictures taken. And he said he would send me out on some auditions. And uh, I think my second audition was Dark Shadows. Hmm. And then... Dream come true. Then history, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So how was But, you the... know, I wanted to be a Broadway actress, or I wanted to be in a Hollywood movie star. Mm-hmm. So doing um, a soap opera was it was not really what I, you know, had envisioned mm-hmm. yeah. as something that I would end up being, a soap opera actress. Yeah. And after Dark Shadows went off the air, I thought, well, I'll... I'll you know, I'll go out to Los Angeles and I'll now become a movie star. And after about 10 years of working on and off, I mean, it worked a lot. Uh, I realized that Dark Shadows had been my very best job. And mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to have had that job in those five years of playing that wonderful character that everyone loved to hate. And, yeah. <laughs> and still, they still do. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And it, you know, it, 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 it seems that back then there was more of a line between you're a movie actor or you're a soap opera actor or you're a, a primetime TV actor. Is, do you oh, feel you that way? Oh, be both. No, you're absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's just the way it seems. I mean, now it's everything's blurred. I mean, you know, every, <laughs> there's so many channels well, and movies. It's so, and... <laughs> it's so amazing to get work that you'll do just about anything. Yeah, but back then it seemed like, oh, you're – a soap opera actor, you, you can't do movies. You know, <laughs> that, that's just no, the way it seems. No, it's true. And well, mostly the line was between film and television. Mm-hmm. If you were yeah. on television, yes. you weren't. You weren't in film. Yeah. Of course, that's completely disappeared because the best things being produced now are, are being produced on TV. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it made no sense. I mean, but just somebody. I don't know. The executives at the studios felt that way. You know. You know, we we use the the TV oh, people. You know, they say any reason to say no. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, us as the audience, we, you know, we just wanted to see more of you. It didn't matter if it was on TV or if it was on movies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, thank you. Now, did when you made the the um, the movies for Dark Shadows? I was in the second. The one, second yeah. one. Yeah. Did you know that it, that was going to be done? Was that planned? Before you know, before the show, you know, during the show, while it was on, or was this after? Or well, the first movie um, I was not in, and I did the show while mm-hmm. the other actress did the movie. Yeah. And the second movie was done after the show went off the air. Mm-hmm. I think. I think I have this right. So it's very hard to explain how it, it's basically just a job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they tell you, well, you know, you're going to be in the movie. You go, oh, good. <laughs> I'm still working. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's not that big a deal, you know. It's just, it's, you, you just get to get up in the morning and go to work. And uh, so, yeah, I was excited. Um, I I thought the second movie was really good. I, I'm so sorry that it didn't do as well as the first. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them both because... You know, I, I was a fan, so uh-huh. <laughs> obviously, the, you know, it was nice to see everybody back on the screen, you know. Yeah, there's supposed to be a new cut, I guess they call it, a new version. Oh, really? They're trying to, that includes all the all the um, the scenes that were cut. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
MGM cut it because they said it was too long. And so it, I think it ended up not making that much sense. Hmm. But um, I think it's they're going to come out with a new version that's that's longer that has all the cutscenes. So. Well, that'll be interesting then. Yeah. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, of course, we all remember you for this, but you did a lot of other other shows and, and movies and everything. You were actually in a movie with uh, uh, Jack Lemmon, right? Yes, I was in Save the Tiger, mm. which he won the Academy Award mm-hmm. for that film, and uh, I played a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a nice little part. And uh, I came out to Hollywood to do it, and that was the reason that I decided that I would leave New York and come and live in Los Angeles because I thought I had a better chance working in Los Angeles. And uh, and I did, uh, yeah, I did a few other films and lots of lots of TV. Yeah. Now I, I was I, honestly, I can't say I knew this. I, I, of course, I did research before you know we do the interview here, but uh, I, I didn't know that you played Laura Banner in the pilot for The Incredible Hulk. I know I wasn't credited, and yeah. I don't know why. I never found out why. I mean, by the time I realized that. I wasn't given. You know what I think it was? I think it's that thing that you were talking about earlier. It was such a small role mm-hmm. that I think my agent must have said she'll do it, but we don't want to. Don't give her any credit. That, that's weird because I mean, even though you weren't in any of the shows after that, because obviously you were. You, I know you, it's that sad. But it's the pivotal. <laughs> it's the pivotal plot behind the whole <laughs> the whole story of the whole. You Hulk. know, and I have never seen it. I've heard that it's very cute, but I've never seen it. So. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you enjoy but, seeing yourself? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, you know what most people say is it's very painful, and that's very, very true. Yeah. yeah. It's very painful. Yeah. Huh. You just, just, you just, just never look as good or sound as good or act as good <laughs> as you think you did. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, once in a while I get a kick out of watching Dark Shadows, and it seems to get better over the years. Mm-hmm. Isn't that peculiar? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was um that was a fun day. Yeah, that I did. Uh, I mean, I, I had no idea when I when I saw that. I said, "Wow, that's an interesting fact," and I'm sure our listeners will, you know, a lot of them will be surprised. I'm sure there's some that are saying, "Well, geez, of course, of course, she was." We, you know, why did he know that? <laughs> I well, I I got to do three Hawaii Five O's. That's great. Getting to go to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quincy and Switch and um, just lot. Um, Kung Fu was the first, uh, I guess, series nighttime show I did and mm-hmm. um I mean I wish that I had done more um but yeah. I had two kids you know as a mom and uh, I had a pretty rich life 
So yeah. Now, what about writing? Was you know, of course you've written a couple of books here, but uh, was writing something that was interesting you you know even back in the days of the Dark Shadows? No, um, I decided um, at some point that, as so many actors do, that I would write a screenplay because I'd. I'd said so many bad lines, and I'd been in so many terrible <laughs> scenes. And I thought, well, I can do that. So I took some screenwriting classes and wrote some screenplays. And an editor from HarperCollins got in touch with me and said, why don't you start a series of Dark Shadows books You know, that would tie into the show? Since the show's gone off the air, you could continue the story. And uh, I said, you mean a novel? And she said, yeah, write novels. And I thought, I don't know how to write a novel. That's kind of intimidating. And she said, well, we'd like to use your name. You know, we'd like to say it's by you. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you just turn in what you just do the best you can, and then we'll get a real writer to rewrite it and for you. And I was incredibly insulted by this. <laughs> Although, you know, I've heard that... Uh, Who's the guy who writes the Star Trek novels? Um, I can't remember. Uh, But anyhow, he doesn't write them himself. And Mm -hmm. I I suppose a lot of actors that write TV tie-in novels have ghostwriters, which would have been a good idea for me to have a ghostwriter. But I decided to... the, The first novel I wrote, I decided to tell the story of my character, the story that had never been told of the love affair that she and Barnabas had had mm-hmm. before he rejected her and abandoned her and decided to marry her mistress. And uh, so that was fun because I went back and created the whole scenario of her, how she, her childhood, what happened to her when she was a little girl, all the things that happened to her after she grew up, before she became the... Um, the maid servant to Josette, and um, it was actually—I won't say it was easy—but I realized that I, when I started writing it, that I kind of had a knack for it. And um, but it was, you know, slow going, and I had a lot to learn, a mm-hmm. lot to learn, and I yeah. had a lot of things I had to rewrite, and I did had to do a lot of research about voodoo and Haiti and. Uh, Martinique, where, where most of it took place on the island of Martinique in the Caribbean, where Angelique grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only had a few sketchy facts to go by that had been mentioned on the show. Mm-hmm. So I made it all up, this whole story. And, uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it did really well, so they wanted me to write another one, and I wrote two more, and I've just published my... I've just. My fourth one, fourth novel comes out in November. Oh, what's the name, or can can you tell us yet? <laughs> oh yeah, it's called The Heiress of Collinwood, and it's about Victoria Winters, who was actually the heroine on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vicky was the person through whose eyes we saw the first two years of the show, mm-hmm. and she was the governess, the Jane Eyre character that um, came from the orphanage and went to Collinwood to become David's teacher and 
and um, she got caught up in the uh, in the all the the all of the Collins family problems. Mm-hmm. And Barnabas <laughs> at one point fell in love with her, and mm-hmm. so it it was. Um, everybody's always wanted to know where Vicky came from. Yeah. So I have. Now read my book and you will know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should take up. <laughs> they should take that that book and make it into a movie again. <laughs> well, you know, I think that I think the person who wrote the Johnny Depp movie actually read the Salem Branch, which was my second novel. Oh, really? Yeah. Because there are five actual fact. There are five. What would you call them? Points, plot points. Mm-hmm in the movie, in the book that got used in the movie that were never on the TV show. Ah. Um, But, uh, you know, I think think it would be a great idea to take... I have the feeling that Dark Shadows will rise again. Mm -hmm. No pun intended, (laughs) vampires rising. (laughs) Yeah, because... It's unique. There's never, they've never done anything like it. Mm-hmm. Even with all of the, I mean, one of the things that they do with all the horror shows they do now is they go overboard. Oh, yes, definitely. And they each try to top each other, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, more eyeballs hanging out, and yes. more blood, and more sex, and more uh, just pushing, pushing, pushing the envelope, which is actually the story of pop culture anyway. Right. Let's yeah. push it further. Let's push it further. Let's do something, you know, let's show real sex. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but the the thing that made Dark Shadows work was that it all took place in your imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a real differentiation between horror, which is, you know, knife slashes and and screams and macabre faces and and terror, what's known as terror, which is, you know, the scratching on the window or the shuffling under the bed or the footsteps down the hall. Exactly. That kind of thing is much harder to do and it requires good writing and it requires good performances and it requires that the audience be willing to use their imagination mm, exactly. and buy into the situations and you know, project their own emotions. It's the difference between reading a love story and watching pornography, you know. Mm-hmm. One smacks you in the face and you pull back, and one, the other, which is what was true of Dark Shadows, draws you in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know whether the fans realized, but so much of what they loved about Dark Shadows came from them. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, your mind. Your mind does so much. Yeah, I mean, I, they, they, you know, they, they saw things in Angelique I never put there. Mm-hmm. And I never meant to be there. But because they identified with her so strongly and they became her in their minds. I mean, so many people said to me, you got me through my adolescence. You got me through high school because you were such a strong villainous and because nobody messed with you or they were <laughs> sorry. And I loved that about you, you know. And, and uh, that 
I think that that if if they could do a show like that again, of course it would have to be modernized in a lot of ways because now we have special effects that right work. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a bat on a string <laughs> hanging from the end of a fishing pole, right. and the other end of the fishing pole is a prop man. I mean, we had it would be. What Dan Curtis did with this, the second time he did the show was so beautiful. It's just that it it got preempted and mm-hmm. they moved it around. And but uh, and, and you know those parts are very hard to cast. It seems like it's very hard to cast. I mean, even Angelique. I mean, she's a hard. It's a hard part to cast because I think the actress, most of the actresses, even Eva Green, who was of course stupendous in the movie she did the same thing that the other girls who had played angelique did it just made her evil yeah but she wasn't angelique was in my in my mind angelique was not evil she was she had harder she had her heart broken and she was determined to win him back yeah yeah and of course there were a lot of scenes where she did evil things but Mm. for the most part you know, she was she was someone who had uh, fallen so deeply in love that she could not get over it. Yeah. And um, so, you know, that's that's two levels. You know, you're evil on the surface, but underneath there's the there's the hunger and the passion and the broken heart. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. You will always be Angelique <laughs> to 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 me, and and I'm sure thousands and thousands of other people. There's no question. <laughs> well, thank you very much. But you know, for that reason, I think someone someone out there is going to pick up on this show and decide to to make it all over again. And hopefully, they'll use my books because mm. there's some great stories in my books. Yeah. Now, as far as your books, are they still available? Uh, where could they find people find them? Well, the third one, which is called Wolf Moon Rising, is still on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether Angelique's Descent, which was the first, and the Salem Branch, which was the second. Of course, you can buy them used on Amazon. Right. There are tons of them. Or, and and then the fourth one, which is um, The Heiress of Collinwood, comes out, I think, the 10th of of November. You can pre-order it. But then I also have a website, you know, LaraParker.com, mm-hmm. and you can order the books from me. Uh, you, there's a PayPal button, or you can send me in snail mail a letter with a check, mm-hmm. and you'll get a book that's autographed. Ah. And I have them all. I mean, I don't have the heiress of column one yet. I right. will have it. Yeah, yeah. But I have boxes of them in my garage mm-hmm. well, <laughs> so um i'm happy to send anyone a copy my, my personal favorite is the salem branch but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the fans seem to like angelique's descent hmm. well that's then that's the way to get it because an autograph copy is always much better <laughs> there's no question well, yeah some people buy them and then send them to me to, to have to get the autograph or they bring them to the festivals and yeah and uh, I'm always happy to autograph them and send them back. Yeah. I have recorded all three of my books. The audio books, yes. Yeah, they're on uh, Audible, Audible mm-hmm. books. 
and um, so if you don't feel like reading them, you can. I mean, you can listen to them, which is I love to listen to books if yes. I'm going on a trip mm-hmm. in in the car, and uh, I'm, it's a great experience. I mean, listening to something like The Girl on the Train or or what's the one about Gone Girl? Gone Girl, oh, yes. Or um, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I mean, those are wonderful books to listen to. So anyhow, I, the, my first three books are on Audible, and I think the first book is free, and you only have to get one a month, and I think it's like somewhere around $10 a month. Mm-hmm. And and um, so, um, if you know, I'd love for people to to buy them, and, you know, you can get them right on to your... Um, computer you don't have to go through any you don't have to go anywhere they just download it right away onto your computer mm-hmm. yeah laura um i'd like to finish up with two final questions oh dear okay <laughs> and this takes us away from your your acting and your writing and everything else that you've been doing but when you sit back and relax what are your favorite tv shows now and of the past and what are your favorite movies now and of the past Oh, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> no, I really am. You know, I watch MSNBC almost all the time. I don't watch. That's a, that's okay. That's a show. I mean, it's 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 news. But it, you know, it pigeonholes me as a Democrat and progressive, <laughs> and um, but I'm so caught up in the political scene right now. Mm-hmm. And I try to switch over to Fox News just to get the other perspective. To I force myself to do that because no. I know. Oh dear, the dogs. Are <laughs> um, but um, you know, I quite like HBO. I like to watch old movies. I like to, you know, look up movies that I haven't seen. I like to get movies on Netflix. But I couldn't. I mean, I thought House of Cards was wonderful. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm not really watching anything right now. Um, well, House of Cards is politically oriented <laughs> as far as just you know my favorite tv shows i mean i love girls I, you know, sometimes i get caught up in 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 a series and i'll uh i'll, tr- I'll try very hard there's one now i'm so sorry that's all right the hounds of collinwood <laughs> no it's just that someone's outside um it's just that the difficult thing is, I mean, the night of isn't that playing right now? I'm liking that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I liked, I liked um, Boardwalk Empire a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in the second, in my third book, I did a lot of research on the twenties, so I watched that because I thought that was so fascinating. Yeah. Um, you mean in the past, movies in the past? <laughs> yeah, is there, is there a favorite movie that you, you know, you, you just can't turn away from if you see it on TV or anything? Well, let's see. My favorite movie of all time is Dr. Zhivago. Ah, yes. <laughs> As you can see, I'm really a romantic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I just watched that trilogy before, before, before midnight, before... Sunrise before sunset. Do you know that trilogy of movies? I just watched those on the plane. I thought they were wonderful. Mm, yeah. 
um, you're not familiar with not it. that one no I, I, yeah, I'll have to look in that um, look at that one because <laughs> you, you got me on that one yeah it no it's um and I know I've gotten letters from listeners a lot of times they'll say you know when so and so was talking about that they like to hear what you're watching and then if something they've never watched they'll go and watch it and they'll say I love that movie it was good you know and things like that so it's always interesting to hear what people say I know but see now I can't remember the names of the actor and the actress they were just wonderful. Mm. Um, they take place in Paris, and it's it's the fir- the first one is a, um, they meet this young couple. They meet and they fall in love, but they separate. The second one is they come together again, ten years later, and the third one they're married. Ah, okay. And um, it's the actors, actress, and the actor. It's it feels. It's scripted, but it feels improvised. It's that kind of raw. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, they go clear out of my mind. I'm I'm just h- hopeless. You know, if you ca- if you call me back, <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't even been to a movie in months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Laura. I- I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, Well, I've enjoyed it very much. I hope it didn't go on too long. No, no, I, I loved it. And uh, I want to thank you, and people should definitely definitely check your books out. And, yes. Uh, you know, they, yes. they should check those out and, and, of course, go back and watch the old Dark Shadows show so to, to well, see. Well, I do you. realize that there's a coffin-shaped box yes all, um 1100 and something episodes in it mm-hmm. and uh or i think you can watch the first two years on uh not netflix but the other one uh amazon no the hulu yeah that's hulu. it okay yeah. and um it it creeps back on the air every once in a while yeah yeah <laughs> I think it's Me TV or something like that. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. um, you know Jim Pearson, who is the sort of the coordinator between the show and the world, mm-hmm. he constantly tries to find ways to get it back on the air. So. Um, well, it'd be nice if they brought it back. You know, one of these with all these channels that are out there. If somebody could turn around and bring it back, like they're doing with a lot of shows, it would be that would be great. I think it would be great if someone did it again. Yeah. And uh, and bring back a lot of the the original actors, to, you know, for different parts. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that the story, because I think the story is a great story. Yeah. And the whole idea, I mean, it, and the vampire. I mean, this particular character could go into so many different situations because he was. He was he had compassion and he was guilt you know racked with guilt mm-hmm. he was he, you know he wasn't the evil monster right that you normally think of as a vampire he was he never learned but he was still miserable yeah. and Jonathan <laughs> so, Jonathan did the, the part so well yeah he did yeah he yeah. played it like he was doing Shakespeare right yes yeah the Martian. I quite liked The Martian. <laughs> the Martian? I thought of one. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. And I'm dying to see the new... I'm, I'm a, I, 
I, I want to see the new Woody Allen film. I'm a big fan of Woody Allen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, t- I don't go to as many movies now because I don't, I'm not drawn to those um, hero co- comic book movies. Oh yeah, that's that's that they're so popular. That's now. the big the big thing right now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I understand that they're wonderful. I just don't I don't leave the house to go and see them. Although I did I did see the new Star Wars. <laughs> ah yes, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I have an eight year old grandson, so I have, ah. and, I have to sit and watch Star Wars on TV. <laughs> Well, Laura, I thank you. Like I said, I thank you so much for for sharing with us. And uh, oh, well, I, you're so you're so welcome. You've been very easy to talk to and lots of fun. And uh, oh, thank you for having me. A big thank you going out to Laura Parker for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Love that show, Dark Shadows, Barnabas, and the whole gang. And uh, it's just so much fun to hear them talk about that. And uh, we, uh, you know, we're trying to get more guests from that show on the here. So uh, we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, if you have a suggestion for a guest for any show or movie, whatever, or singer or whatever, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And I will see what I can do about getting that person on here. We've done over 425, actually 426 now guests here at On Screen and Beyond. I am running out of ideas here, so it's time for you guys to get in involved with it. Send me uh, suggestions at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I will see what I can do about getting that person on. So uh, you got to help me out, guys. It's just getting, you know, it's getting harder all the time, and uh, I'm digging here, and we'll see what we can do about getting your favorite one on. So if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us, and if uh, you 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 want to tell a friend that'd be a big help we love hearing uh you know uh, that people send me emails and they tell me that my friend told me about your show and they're listening all the time they're going back in the catalog and the archives and the reruns and listening to all of them there's so many people so many stars in back there in the rerun section of on screen and beyond Uh, it's just uh, amazing the people that uh, we've had the honor to talk with here at on screen and beyond so uh, if you want to go back and look at that, that'll keep you busy for a while, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, we've got more coming your way. Uh, we are trudging along. We're gonna get. I want to hit that 500 mark here soon. So it's gonna be a while, but yeah, I know. You know, but we'll keep trying. And uh, that's about it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.